What's going on, people? This is your boy, Michael O, your chief motivational officer. Listen, I am excited to bring you a brand new podcast, Moving Mountains, hosted by myself. Find me on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube. Connect with us, Moving Mountains Podcast. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Moving Mountains Podcast. I am your host, Michael O. Oh, today, I have another special episode for you. I know I say that every episode, but that's because every episode is special. <laughs> I've got a friend of mine. He is a life coach. He's a mind coach. He's a mind transformation coach. A lot of the times we hear about celebrities having mind coaches and life coaches to help guide them through life or whatever they may be going through. He has a special skill that helps people like you and me be able to get our mind right, get our lives right. Mr. Xavier Barnett, welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast, bro. Hey, how you doing, bro? You good? I'm fantastic, bro. Good to see you out in Dubai. You're out here living your best life. Bro, I needed some vitamin D. The doctor tried to prescribe me pills. I said, I've got a plane ticket that I'm going to go grab. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Get the real deal. You know, that. the real sunshine. Yeah. Good welcome to, to the city of sunshine, bro. Good to be here, bro. Listen, I, uh, I, I love this conversation we're about to have today mm -hmm. because you have a unique skill. You have a unique job. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. right? Um, a lot of the times people call themselves life coaches, right? Yeah. Um, but the majority of life coaches, you hear about them on YouTube, on DVDs, on fancy commercials and stuff like that, right? Um, but you, you talk to the average person. You have a unique job and a unique way of connecting with people like myself yeah. to be able to transform the average person's mind and stuff like that. You know? And for me, I think that's, that's a pretty dope job. Right, but I think it's even more special in the sense that you know, for a lot of us as men, especially, man, mm -hmm. we don't talk. No, we don't, yeah, we, we don't talk, don't. we don't talk, we don't recognize the need to talk, we bottle everything in, um, until it explodes or implodes, whichever Correct. direction it goes. Um, but this is something that you encourage people to do, but most importantly, you have been able to create such a platform and such an avenue that people actually come to you Correct. to be able to want to talk. Yeah, what are they talking about? What are they not talking about? Um, <laughs> definitely men, um, women, young, old, Muslim, Christian, whatever. It's right across the spectrum. Um, need to talk, are not being able to talk because of conditioning. And as you know, mm. we're conditioned from birth to be a certain way, to think a certain way, to understand a certain way. Now, the confusion is there's now, I think there's almost 8 billion people on the planet why the hell are we all thinking the same way? Mm. And that's because we've all been conditioned. So when you start doing something the way how everyone else does, it might work for them because they are made for that, but it might not work for you. Just like in school, you know, there was always that kid that was um, a bit disgruntled or always like disrupting the class. Remember that kid? Hmm. It's probably you. <laughs> listen, <And laughs> listen, this is my podcast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but facts, facts, facts. Yeah. Okay, there you go. It was me, by the way, <laughs> but it was you as well. I know how you stay. <laughs> and we were considered disruptive. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily that. It's just because we understood and learned differently. And what's happened is if you don't understand this, the way we teach it, then you're stupid, then you're dumb. And then we'll put you in another area because you're not compliant. So we're going to put you here. Um, I know that it's happened for most of most of us, especially um, just kids, essentially. You're told to go and study this, be this person, be that person, do a job, do whatever, whatever. And you're told to do these things because society suggests that they're the best things to do, but you don't want to do that. 
you want to follow your passion. For me, it was music. And my, my dad, wow, he blew up when he found out that I left an engineering job. I was an electronic engineer working in um, um, MRI, magnetic resonance imaging, X-ray machines, body scanners. I was service maintain and install them. But my passion and my purpose weren't there. And I moved from there to do music. And he blew up and he's like, you, you ain't coming back in this house. I don't care. You, you've just thrown away your life and whatever else. And it was literally because, again, I didn't subscribe to what everybody else wanted to do. And I went internally and decided, this is what my passion is. This is what my purpose is. So then that's how I um, started to do what I believe to be true, which was very different from everyone else. The platform that I've built, um, which is via Instagram, as you know, is my my um, my page is closed, Xavier the Life Coach. It's closed because I want people to press that button because that's one step towards being able to release you from your ego and your pride to be able to have that conversation. Then you message me. Then it's like, okay, cool, now you're giving me access because the one thing that I try not to do is just to speak on people just because I can. Yeah. Because that you know how annoying yeah. that could be. Yeah. Somebody, you've got those people that always think they know everything and I'm not trying to be that guy. And I'm like... I want you to give me permission to do one thing, challenge the way you think. You know, man, there's a few things that I want to I up on, but the first thing is I'm hoping and praying that our generation is doing better raising children, you know, because I was exactly the same way. I was exactly the same way. I wanted to, you know, be involved in music. I wanted to be involved in the media and I didn't study for it. I went to study medicine because that's what my older sister is. She's a doctor. She's married to a doctor. My dad, my mom was a nurse. My dad's an engineer. My other sister's a pharmacist. It was the easy road, right? My, um, my mom's older brother was a doctor and he and I were very close. You know, mm. he was a gynecologist. And he'll be showing me his bank statements. This man was making pee. <laughs> man was making pee. I was like, you know what? Quarter of a million a year. I don't mind if I do. You know what I'm saying? So that was the route I wanted to go down. And the crazy thing is, since I dropped out of medical school, actually, I fell out with him then. So this was when I was 19. This is about 15 years ago. We haven't said more than five words to each other. Wow. Because? He had a plan for my life, and clearly I had one for mine too, and I should have gone for his plan instead. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? Wow. Like, you've got to really understand, number one, that these children that we are raising, who, are, who we're bringing into this world, these aren't like pieces of property that we own. <laughs> these are, these you, are- You can't tell the parents that, by the way. <laughs> right? It's crazy, because these are people that are already coming pre-programmed with what it is that they're going to come here to do and accomplish. And our jobs as stewards is simply to identify that, furnish them with the tools, give them the necessary guidance that we require, that they require, mm -hmm. and push them in that direction. Correct. They're not coming, they're not here to make us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> I th totally right. And there is a, there is a fine balance that needs to be, um, that needs to be established because I'm a couple generations um, ahead of you. But what happened is my, my parents were very hard on us. Mm. So my generation decided that we're going to be slightly easier on our children. Generation below, just a bit more easier. And then, like they say, hard times raise strong people and weak times weak, um, raise um, weak people, which is where we are now. Because now you can go online and somebody says, you're stupid. And I feel suicidal. Yeah. 
you're fat, you're thin, you're black, you're tall, you're short. Whereas back in the day, that was a regular thing that I got called. And you was like, yeah, and? I don't agree with you, by the way, but just because you say it, what, I'm supposed to fall apart now? That, that doesn't really work. What make, who gave you that power? You know when they say no one man should have all that power, but that's what happens now. And as long as we find that balance where we encourage and inspire and we, we make space for growth and for, um, for excellence, for your version I know what I wanted for my son, but he wanted something else and he was trying to push in different directions. I understand the educational system. I understand that it doesn't guarantee you success. I understand that it doesn't mean just because you have fantastic education that you're going to be wealthy. Mm. It opens loads of doors. <coughs> so it's like, well, what do you want? What are you trying to achieve? Or do you want your child to be successful or do you want it to be happy? Because it's a different thing. Ooh. Let me not go there. Let me Listen. <laughs> You're talking, you know, because oh my god, let's talk. Do you want your child to be successful or do you want them to be happy? You know, I, I think I, I think this is where we probably start need to start defining what success what success really means. Because for me, you know, there was a especially the older generation, and there are so many there are so many. Um, quotes out there that almost glorify hard times um, being synonymous with success, mm -hmm. right? No pain, no gain. Well, why, why do, why does there have to be pain before there can be gain? Yeah, right. Because now, as somebody who is a little bit more, hopefully enlightened, I can understand that there is no su success without happiness. As a matter of fact. The happier I've become, the more success I've been able to attract. Which one came first? Well, Which the people are confusing. What you just said is the right way around. Yeah. Whereas people... Well, well, and, and this is what I, 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 I preach and teach. It is the fact that, look, oh, man, this is... Say it, man. Say it. This is about to take a whole nother turn. Say it. This is about to take a whole nother turn. But this is... I, I am a strong believer that you are creating your, your life, right? I believe that God is the creator of the universe and you have been given the power as a co-creator to be, to be able to create your universe, right? I am a strong believer and I've come to understand, science agrees with this, religion agrees with this, that you are attracting the experiences that you are, um, you are having in this world, right? And so if you are happy if you are able to some people might some people might say you know how can i you know be happy when my world is falling apart i have come to understand and i make this decision daily that happiness is a choice right i have to wake up every day and choose to be happy you go. irrespective of what the conditions are in my life because first of all you've got to understand that as long as the conditions are dictating your happiness the conditions man those variables change day from day Right, so you can't you can't make a concrete decision or a concrete plan based off of variables that you can't control. You want something a bit more foundational than absolutely emotion, absolutely and a feeling. And what you're working against is an establishment that's been put in place um, to program us as children. I mean, we're being programmed, as you you would know. Our brains are in a, a state of theta from the last trimester of. Um, pregnancy to seven years old we're having information downloaded into us 
we see things, we hear things, we watch how parents laugh, friends talk, how our siblings do what they do, and we take on their memories. It's not ours. It's theirs. Yeah. And we make their memories and their experiences our memories and our experiences. When you get older, you start having your own, and you start to establish yourself on your own, but you're doing it via what you've been limited Absolutely. to. So once you start having new experiences, then now you're battling between what you've always known and what someone's always told you and what's different. So when I moved away from, um, when I moved away from doing um, engineering and my friend said to me, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm not sure, but I just know what I'm not going to do. And working it from the degree of knowing what I'm not going to do helped me to be able to appreciate what I am going to do. Mm. And that was about what do I really want? What is my true happiness? What fulfills me? What would I do if I had a billion pounds? And there was no restriction. What would I do? Absolutely. Um, a lot of my clients, and just to um, clarify this point, a lot of my clients are very wealthy. I have I have right across the board. I have a um, 17-year-old that works in Sainsbury's, and I have um, people who are CEOs of companies who are multi-multi-millionaires who are very affluent. And what I've told a lot of people who don't have money is my wealthy clients are also unhappy, <laughs> which my... The clients that don't have much money don't understand and they can't appreciate. So yeah. my wealthier clients, they say, I can't talk to people who are not wealthy and tell them I'm unhappy. Because the understanding, like you're saying, is wealth equals happiness. So it's like, well, no, because there's an unhappy wealthy person and there's an incredibly happy poor person. So what are you, what is this predicated on? And then now people are looking at you as if to say, okay, now I'm confused because I thought that we're supposed to work hard. And like you say, there's all these analogies and all these memes that um, um, you know, hard work pays off and all that kind of stuff. And, and people say to me, Zav, you, know, you deserve it because you work hard. I goes, no, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I didn't work hard. I worked hard when I was young, yeah, yeah. but I don't work hard. And they're like, yeah, but why, you know, because everybody said, I goes, look, work hard, working hard does not guarantee you success, full stop. Yeah doesn't guarantee Fact. success. I can take you to a graveyard and show you around the world millions of people in the graveyard that work hard mm. and died poor. Yeah. There's very few people. I can show some people who are still alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you consider what percentage of the world owns all the wealth, then you start understanding this is not by chance. This is by design. So if you think that you can play their rules and beat them at their game, and you're stupid. So okay. then what you have to do is establish what your rules are. Establish right. what you just said. Right. You create your universe. You're put here. You know me and you. The first time I met this guy, Lord have mercy. It was like, hey, how you doing? And then <laughs> at your party. And I was like, hey, we know similar people. And it's like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And it was like, and I'm blaming you for this. It was like. <laughs> You saw, um, you saw a female come into the house that you took a liking to and started talking to me. And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm being wooed at the moment? What's going on here? But let me be honest with <laughs> it. It was just the synergy that we had and yeah. the conversation yeah, and yeah, the yeah. appreciation and the mindset that we had. And we sat down speaking for hours, hours. and your friends were yeah, like, yeah. bro, what's going on here, man? Let's talk, Let, bro, bro. And I was like, no, it's just because when you find like-minded people, yeah. then... It's just that Absolutely. Thing. You just have Absolutely. to express that and explore that. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this guy's genuine or if he's just like, what's going on? Well, maybe he's in, you know, but 
just the appreciation that we had allowed for us to be able to have this really open conversation, which was blessed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know what, for me, you know, one of the things that I'm a lot of growing up, right? Growing up, I didn't really have my dad. Right. Um, and so and my mom was somebody as loving as she was. We didn't really have in-depth conversation. So I didn't really gr grow up talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was quite interesting and weird that I actually, my very first job, proper job, was me interviewing people and talking to people right, on TV. That was, very, uh, that was very ironic. But I didn't have that upbringing to be able to express myself, especially how I'm feeling. And I'm still a little bit, you know... Uh, you, you mentioned earlier earlier before you know you're you're programmed from you know when you're born to when you're seven and then you have to as you get older if you have all of this wrong programming you have to and do all of that and reprogram it and i want to talk about how you do that actually a little bit but for me as with a lot of men we didn't grow up talking and so having conversations so when i when i got into my 20s and i had um you know one of my closest friends who I still am with today, Byron, he was very expressive in terms of like from the, from the depths of himself. I was like, this Negro is different. In fact, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable for me at first yeah, because there were no holes barred to the level of depth of conversation that he could bring up. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, what is up with this guy? Like, First of all, why is he so nice? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, a very nice guy a very genuine question yeah i was like first of all why is he so nice like what does he want and number two the guy was just expressive and it was very uncomfortable for me because i wasn't used to being number one having that depth of relationship with men mm -hmm. number one number two really being able to engage on a level yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean where it was like yo all bullshit off the table what's really going on like let's talk a lot of men don't know how to do that. Correct. And, you know, when I, and I see that with, a lot of people will message me. They're going through this, da, 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 da. And I don't get to all of them, but those that I tend to, and I pick up the phone and talk to them, they just don't know how to express themselves. Correct. And it's, it's a really difficult one because when your generation, mm -hmm. right, who were our fathers, or maybe a little bit, uh, older or that generation upwards they weren't the most expressive either it was always this macho masculinity mm -hmm. which was so toxic that you know regardless of what you were going through you just had to toughen it up yeah and just you know and i and i and to a certain degree i feel like a little bit of that is necessary to be able to get through life definitely um do you know what i mean but for the majority man these people weren't even telling their children that they love them so 100 percent of that I came from the generation of children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty in that, yeah. by the way. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of beauty in that. Because I disagree, but yeah, go on. <laughs> I tell you why. Because if you are speaking, you're not listening and you're not learning. And as a child, I didn't have any information. I needed to be programmed ultimately. But thankfully, because of I'm the youngest of eight and five older brothers, one sister. Um, seven, sorry, um, and basically what was happening, because I was the youngest, I didn't have any information, so I was spent all my time listening and downloading, 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 and I never spoke, 
And it was, I say this a lot, it was a time when I was in the classroom. Um, it was my last year of um, primary school and my teacher asked the question. There was a Chinese guy, Martin Leon, Alison Gardner and um, um, Nilesh Patel, Chinese, white, um, Indian. Um, Indian. And <coughs> they knew everything. This question they couldn't answer. And I knew the answer. And I was thinking to myself, why don't they answer? And I'm sitting down there thinking, and the teacher asked me, and I'm like, I'm the bad boy in class. And she yeah. asked me, she's like, Zab. And I'm like, Ugh. and I answered the question. She goes, yes. And I was like, she's making fun out of me. She's like, correct, say it again. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, say it again, stand up and say it again. So I answered. And everybody looked at me as if to say, oh, how did he know that? And I was like, oh, snap. So my voice and my brain actually has some kind of validation because I've always been told children should be seen and not yeah, heard. Yeah. So what I then did is that when I did speak, because when my brothers allowed me to speak, I had to be quick and it had to be poignant. Otherwise, I got mm. beaten up. Right. And when I say beaten up, it's not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. But, and I got beaten up. So what it made me do now, and imagine now, I'm here. And when I was um, 13 years old, I told my dad that I wanted to be um, a psychiatrist. And my dad told me that that's too big for me because at the time... A kid like me from a demographic like what I'm from, right, would not be given free reign to do that. You might be able to do it, but the struggle you're going to have to go through, son, you don't really want that. Just do something that's compliant, you know, and come full that's circle. That's crazy. Man. Come full circle. And now I'm speaking to people on a standard basis and I'm now talking non-stop to people yeah. and challenging people. And on an average, I speak, I have about 100 conversations a day on my, on my, um, Instagram and people say how do you do it I said because growing up I was always hearing different conversations in my bedroom from my brothers talking we lived in one bedroom six boys three bunk beds Damn. people can't even <laughs> people can't even live in a, a four bedroom yeah, house but child abuse there, but yeah, he that, <laughs> let me tell you that was child love because I to this very day the bond that I have with my brothers is ridiculous yeah. because we didn't know that we had to have more we should have more we Absolutely. just knew that we had each other and that was enough that was happiness. That was fulfillment. When we get together and people see us, people are laughing their heads. Of like, why are you guys like this? Because we were together when we were young. We weren't in separate bedrooms. We didn't have PlayStation games. We weren't being programmed by social media, as it, as it were. We was busy learning each other, loving each other, respecting, playing games and whatever else. So now what we are living in is an age where people don't appreciate anything. People don't get struggle. People don't understand how to be the best version of them because they were never told they never had to go through any real struggle to learn. So that's why I said a bit of what our parents went through and a bit of children should be seen and not heard is good because children talk loads now and then they go into society and they start talking and they get shut down. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. why, why, why? I, I, I hear that, but, you know, <clears throat> I was very conscious from the beginning to not raise my daughter that way, yeah? And... Um, I remember, and, and she's very talkative. She's very talkative. She's very expressive. She will speak her mind. And for the most part, she's got a lot of sense that she speaks. Majority of obviously being around it all the time, integrated quite heavily into what we do. And she hears a lot of it. Mm -hmm. but, but also, it's not all bad being exposed to other things. Because there was a time where we, when we were driving on the motorway one day. And... I was listening to an audiobook and she was in the car listening to me, listening to it with me. And there was something that was said about life or love. And she made the most poignant point mm -hmm. out of it. I had to stop on the sidewalk 
I stopped on the side. I stopped on the um on the, on the side of the motorway, and I said, "Where did you learn that?" She was like, "I learned it from My Little Pony." <laughs> but it was so provocative what she said. Yeah, it it really reaffirmed to me why she had been given that free range to be able to express herself because you know, and she'll be ten in two weeks. But you know, I I give her the. I have given her the the freedom mm-hmm. to be able to choose what she wants to do to a certain degree, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, she's cho- she's I, I get her to set goals that she wants to achieve at the beginning of every year. Mm-hmm. And in previous years, she said, "Yeah, you know, I want to model at London Fashion Week." She's done it. She'd go to the auditions, do what she needs to do to get it. She wanted to model at New York Fashion Week. She went to the auditions. She done what she needed to do to get it. And so she's starting to understand. She said to me the other day. She's like, Daddy, when you get a minute, I've got a business plan that I want to share with you. She's not even 10 yet. Amazing. Right? So this is the other side of what happens when we allow our children to be able to express themselves and we support them through that process. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. And, and it's, it's beautiful that she doesn't have to be older first yeah. and then have to learn that her opinions, her voice, her ideas matter. Yeah. You know? That is phenomenal and it's important I, I raised my son very similar when um when we are together I talk to him in a certain way and I inspire certain things in him the issue comes when she has to go out into the world and she doesn't have a you backing her when my son had to go out into the world and didn't have a me backing him now he has to find his feet she has to find her feet when he came he came up against um racism when he came up against um other opinions and he came up against difficulties and all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, wow, what would dad do? What would dad say? Or what would, and then now you're starting to learn yourself and establishing yourself. So yes, they have um, information and they have been been exposed. Like I say, from the age of zero to seven, you talk how you talk, you are how you are. You have the house that you have. She doesn't know um, the conversation that they was having at the house um, the other day (laughs) regarding... (laughs) regarding buses no comment but what certain people take for granted right which she might do no fault of her own it's just what it is i have clients that um are brought up in poverty and they say this word and i and i really despise hearing this i came from nothing Mm. it's like that's one of the worst statements you can make you came from everything right Right, 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 but it's what you decide to make from that. Absolutely, you didn't come from nothing. Absolutely, nobody you ever know? does. Right, yeah, but it's just the mindset. It's just what people are saying. I came from nothing, and it's like, okay, I came from no money. I came from a poor environment. Okay, cool. And if you come from that, cool. Yeah, but then that doesn't establish who you are. Absolutely, that's just where you jump off from. Absolutely, and I refuse. I refuse that. I've sang. I've performed. Just obviously, you know, I used to do music before. I've performed Absolutely. in some of the best venues you around the world. You have had a fledgling music career. Buddy. Don't get me started. You have had a fledgling music career from X Factor to all of these things, and that's just what I know of. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you on Top of the Pops yeah. videos from back in the day, yeah, my brother. You have had one hell of a career. <laughs> <laughs> that's the been... life coaching and that stuff is cute. Yeah, but you literally <laughs> went out and, and lived your pop star dreams didn't you yeah bro i've you know i've expressed myself in so many different ways and again there's certain things and i and i've heard you say in in a in another podcast where people see that as possible but just not possible for me yeah 
And when people saw me, a man, a guy from the ends on certain environments and certain platforms, they was like, oh snap, I know him. Yeah. That's my friend and that's this and that's that. And then when they see me, um, the one thing that frustrates some people, but I refuse to let it go anywhere else, I'm like, I'm still the same person and I'll talk to you exactly the same way. The only person that's gonna change is you right. and your opinion of me. Right, right, but right. then when I challenge them and they say, say this <laughs> Zav when you get famous don't forget me you know mm. and I'm like yeah but you're forgetting me now right so why wait <laughs> just be here now you and then it's pause because I'm like don't wait till I get famous to then say that you know me bless me now let's be cool now let's stay friends and then it's like why did he say that because it makes so much sense, but because again, it's challenging people's Absolutely. things, challenging the ethos, challenging the mindset. Rich people are happy. No, they're not. Poor people are upset. No, they're not. Rich people can be happy, but they can be sad. Um, there are rich people who have more money worries than poor people that I know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what are talking about? So they worry. <laughs> I mean, I used, to I, I used to talk about, I used to talk with my friend Jazz. I'm like, bro, people don't understand that you can be a broke millionaire. Yes! Like, <laughs> and it's like, how is that even possible? But there has been so many times when I actually became a millionaire that I actually had no money. Yeah. Okay. Because my, my net worth was locked into assets and other things where I literally had no cash. I'm still worth what I'm worth on paper if, I, if you shook me out. <laughs> but you couldn't write a check for But anything. I couldn't write... And it's, and it's pretty crazy, but people don't even understand that. But it, before I even come to that, man, there's so many things that I want to pick on from, you know, what you just, what you just said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, rich people aren't, aren't necessarily happy. I always say that, you know, happiness makes you rich. Because for me, when I look at, when I look at, and I've always been this way, man. Um, when I look at being rich, when I look at being um, rich, I don't necessarily look at money, mm -hmm. right? Good. I consider my, the state of my health. I consider the state of my relationships, mm -hmm. right? I consider the state of my internal spiritual being. Mm -hmm. All of those things have to be healthy in order for you to be able to maintain a healthy bank account. Because if all you are- That's is real wealth. A, yeah, absolutely. If all you are is a healthy bank account with, a, with bad health, you are just a poor man with a lot of money in the bank. Correct. That doesn't necessarily save your life. It doesn't necessarily make you happy. Yeah. Right. And so for me, I always challenge people and say, look, find the things that make you happy and start doing those things now. Listen, happiness, going down for a road and going down, going, you know, go for a walk down the road and just going to be in nature and, you know, stick around with the trees or getting some ice cream or doing any of these things. It doesn't cost a lot. Mm -hmm. You can choose intentionally every day to do the things that make you happy, to, to keep you in a constant state of happiness, can right? And, and that is, for me, that is, that is what it all begins because for me- Can I throw this at you? Mm. How do you do that when everything you look at is telling you what your happiness is? Well, this is the thing. So this is the other thing that I'm gonna throw back at you, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is the other thing that I'll throw back at you because it's, it's one thing, mindset is such a powerful thing, but it's also very tricky. And it's tricky in the sense that if I have been programmed a certain way mm -hmm. and all I know is a certain way of doing things. Like I, I heard this, I heard this saying before and it's so powerful. And it's like, you know, there are things that you know that you don't know. 
And to be fair, the things that you know that you don't know, that's probably about 5%. The things that you know that you know probably carries about 5% too. Mm. And the things that you don't know that you don't even know, that's about 90% of what is making up your life. So that. for the majority of life, you are walking through things because of the way the mindset has been. If you don't position yourself to expand it, there are things that you don't even know that you don't know. And those things are affecting your life. Every day. Every day. Right throughout the day. And how do you get to position yourself to be able to mentally switch that on and begin to expand? Because you haven't even begun to accept that. Now, you, you said before that I've got to, somebody's got to follow you to be able to take that first step mm -hmm. and then they've got to drop you a message yeah. to then be able to give them access. Yeah. The majority of people don't even recognize that they're broken. Mm -hmm. The majority of people don't even begin to recognize that they're broke. Yeah. That they're broke doesn't start from their bank account. Correct. It starts for them inten internally and mentally. Correct. Where do these start? So what I do on a daily basis, I leave stories, I, um, I um, put out quandaries and just ask questions which are simple. When I speak, I speak like a child. One plus one is two, mm. very basic. Once you start taking all the emotion out of the conversation, then you're left with basics. Mm. So when I speak, people message me and they come with all this emotional rhetoric and I'm like, all right, cool, so let's bring it back to basics. And when we do that, then it's a struggle for most people to be able to answer the questions because their questions are loaded with fear, stress, traumas, doubts, and whatever else. I believe that we were born into this world with amnesia and we're spending a lot of time trying to figure out who on earth we are. And then we're doing that via limited things, yep. limited people, um, things that are, are limited like money. Money is a thing that, a concept that man made, if you Absolutely. will. Right? And what I say to people is that for me, money means options. That's Absolutely. it. The more money you have, the more options you yeah. have. People's, um, the, the lyric goes, more, more money, more problems. And I'm saying, then that's what you'll experience. Absolutely. Because I don't believe it's more money, more I mean, problems. No money, still more problems. There you so, go. Wagwan, which one are you going to choose? Right, you choose. Absolutely. I know what I'd rather choose. Absolutely. You know, I'd rather have the option. I'm yeah. here in Dubai now with this you know, devastatingly beautiful backdrop with yourself <laughs> because I have money yeah. and that affords me to do that. Absolutely. Now, what money does is facilitate some of my happiness. It doesn't cause my happiness, it facilitates it. So when I speak to these people, when I start to understand, um, question them about their mind state and why they think the way they do, most people can't even tell you. Yeah, well, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most can't tell you. They Absolutely. don't even know where it came from yeah, because yeah. we spend 95% of our day in our subconscious mind. Absolutely. And it's a beautiful thing because our subconscious takes care of all type of um, basic things. Sh tying up your shoelace or um, putting on your trousers, your subconscious does that. Your conscious, if it was to do that, could you imagine how long that would take? Absolutely. Right. Now I have to take my thought and step into, you know, <laughs> do that. you just do it subconsciously. Absolutely. So the issue is, most people don't know what is in their subconscious. They are big people in the mind of a 10-year-old. Right. And they're not present. Mm. So most of the thing, let's do this, right? Because most of what we learn in our subconscious stays there, and we do not edit that. We don't change it. We carry that with us. 
So that's why you get people who are 50 struggling with issues that they had when they were 10. Absolutely. Because at no point did they go back, clean out the house and then put it away. So I'm speaking to people and they go, yeah, um, there's some extreme scenarios that I have all the time, but I was bullied when I was 10 years old. And I'm like, okay. How old are you now? And they're, and they're like in their 40s. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you was 10. Yeah, and that, this and that. And I'm like, all right, cool. But why are you still talking it about about that now as a 40 year old because you know I still worry about it and I'm like okay cool you still think about it yeah and when I think about it I get mad I'm like fine what are the benefits of that what do you mean what are the benefits of you replaying this thing because don't forget it's not happening it's happened a little while ago but your brain doesn't know the difference between a thought and an action absolutely it just responds absolutely so I say if you if you're sat down thinking about a trauma that happened 10 years ago, your body will react right now. If I thought, of, if I sit down thinking about somebody that punched me in the face right now, I can sit down here and I'd be like, mm -hmm. it hasn't happened by yeah. the way. I can <laughs> sit down here and I can get vexed. And I'm like, I want to punch that guy. And then all of a sudden you get tight. Absolutely. And then the cortisol and the yes. stress hormones start running for your body. Yes. So I'm saying if you can do that for something bad, you can do that for something good. Absolutely. But if it's in your subconscious and you're not even aware of it, then who's ruling you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and this is the thing, you know, so like I said, I did a YouTube video once and I said, you know, we have these smartphones, right? We have our, our iPhones and our Samsungs and all of that. And we upgrade the software on these devices damn near every month. But you have a subconscious programming, a software mm -hmm. that was programmed when you were seven, when you were eight, when you were 10, when you went through a certain trauma, traumatic experience. And for the past 20, 30, 40 years, you haven't upgraded the software. And so you are still running your life on this old software and somehow expecting new results, right? Cool. Let's say now people have started to understand that actually I do have a problem. I am running on old software. This subconscious software now needs to change because until you're able to attract more, before you're able to attract more money into your life, before you're able to attract a happy relationship into your life, before you're able to raise successful children, whatever success means for them, before you're able to do anything productively well in your life, that programming needs to change. Correct. That subconscious programming needs to change. Where do you begin to start change your subconscious programming by being present because all you have is now from now you observe observe the past and you create the future but it all happens now if you look back in your past and there's things that i look back in my past and i love it I, for argument's sake when my mum passed away um i can look back at my mum passing away and smile and laugh because I connect to what I choose to connect to. You said that earlier, it's a choice. We get to choose. And another person will look back at their mum and cry tears and be stressed and be upset. And I'm like, okay, cool, what are you looking at? Yeah, you know, she should be here, blah, blah. And this is what I said to a, a client. I was like, how long is your mum supposed to live for? I don't know. I'm like, 100? 120? How old? And like, oh, I don't know. Well, I go, well, if you don't know, and she went when she went. Why don't you appreciate what you had? Because you get to choose whether you look at what you could have had, stress yourself, or whether you get to appreciate what you did have, appreciation. And they're like, oh, I didn't think 
about that? I goes, yeah, because you want to, because they say when the person dies, you're supposed to be um, cry and all that kind of stuff. And when a child is born, you're supposed to celebrate. But it's actually the other way around because of people like when the child comes into this world, this child has to go through all this trauma. When a person passes, congratulations, you've, you've completed, if you will. So it's a way of looking at it. But essentially, it's like, well, what are you going to connect to? What do you choose to connect to from your past? You can connect to the trauma. What are the benefits? Because your body doesn't know the difference between a thought and an action. It just responds. So now you're thinking about your mum passing and you're crying and you're traumatized. And then now you're depressed. And don't let something bad happen in that moment. Like somebody cut you up in a car because you're chasing them down. And you're taking that issue, whatever that trauma is, and you're bringing it into this. So you're dragging rubbish from your past into your present. And then now you do something mad in your present. We can go into jail houses and ask people in there, why are you in here? Oh, because something that I did in a moment and, and now I'm spending the yep. next. And those types of things. So it's about people being present. It's about challenging what they think, why they think what they think. How can I get you to disengage from the emotion of the thing? Feelings are constantly changing, but what Absolutely. you know stay the same. I ask you how you feel, now you say fine. Turn on the AC, you're cold. If I ask you what one plus one is, you say two. Turn on the AC, you still say two because what you know and what you feel. So if we can start differentiating between these, then we won't make decisions based purely on our feelings. We need to acknowledge our feelings, obviously, but not make decisions based on them. And then you would come about um, solutions that benefit you not just now, but in the long term. Your child does something, gets you really upset. You feel like you want to smack her, but you're like, no, I'm going to have to talk to her. So now what you're teaching her is about negotiation, about listening, about understanding, about appreciation. We used to get sl slapped. Yeah. And we didn't even know what for. So what was that for? <laughs> yeah, okay. So we had to guess yeah. what it was for. <laughs> well, I guess that was. And then when you got the just-in-case beatings, it was like, well, well, maybe I was going to do something bad and they knew about it. And then... Yeah. It's 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 really um it's really powerful what can happen when you start to pay attention to your subconscious programming because that's where absolutely everything stems from. Mm -hmm. And um and, and it's essential and it's essential to pay attention. It takes it takes time. It takes the reprogramming process for me, you know, for, for everybody it's different. For some people it's talking to other people, um, which is a, which is a very important part of it Correct. because sometimes you need to um let out your thoughts, put them out here in the open, either by writing them down or speaking to somebody so that you can actually see your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then you can be able to change the direction of your thoughts. Um, but for me, one of the things that I found really helpful was starting to consistently on a daily basis listen to new information that would be challenging the thing. So, you know, I, I, I call myself a student of life. There is not a day that goes by that I don't listen to an audiobook or listen to some kind of YouTube video that challenges my old way of thinking. Correct. And what starts to happen is as you continue to impress upon your subconscious mind new ideas, new ideas over a prolonged period of time, it starts to take these on as... Reprogramming. Absolutely. It starts to take these on as now how I'm going to live this life. And, and that's when your life really begins to change in a, in a, in a permanent way. I love it. Xavier, it's been amazing having you. Listen, bro, we can talk forever. You, <laughs> yeah, know, you know we can. You know this. We've done it. it. We've yeah. done it. <laughs> <laughs> but how can the people get in touch with you? How can how can they um, speak with you so that they can you know get some mind transformation going on? Where can okay. they connect with you? So mainly via my Instagram, Xavier the Life Coach, um, or you can email me. Go to my website. Um, www.xtlc.xavierthelifecoach.co.uk 
and um, reach out. I listen to, I speak to everyone. I re- I connect with everyone. So yeah, don't think that I'm going to miss you out. I love it. Listen, this was a pleasure. This we absolutely need to do this again. Pleasure you know, is mine. Uh, you know, I, th- I think we're probably going to have to uh, do a different setting where you do a session with me and then we show the people. <laughs> that will be interesting. <laughs> you sure you're ready for that? <laughs> no, I'm not. Listen, guys, thank you for tuning to another episode of Moving Mountains Podcast. See you next time. Peace. All new episodes drops every Monday and Wednesday, available on all platforms.